All right. Well, we are in a series called Anxious for Nothing, and this is the fourth part. We're going to continue on this. Uh, let's look at Philippians 4, verse 6. Turn to Philippians 4, verse 6, if you will. We'll put all these up on the screen. But if you can look at that, you know, if you have your Bible there, or if you, um, you know, have another device that you typically use that you're not watching on right now, look it up. But I encourage you, uh, and if you want to look on the screen, that's great too, but uh, look at it. It's good for you to look in your own Bible, ideally. I'm not going to look at all these scriptures, but some of them we'll, we'll turn to. This is a good one to turn to. Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is uh, any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on continually on these things. This is a great passage of Scripture. The whole book of Philippians is great. This, this chapter is great. But uh, verse 6, let's go back to verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We talked about, they said, don't be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication, come to God with it. Come to God with your requests. But I want to focus on that first part uh, and read that in a few translations. It says, be anxious for nothing. In the Amplified Classic, it says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. In the CEV translation, it says, don't worry about anything. So that covers it. The first one said, be anxious for nothing. The Amplified said, do not fret, have any anxiety about anything. This one said, don't worry about anything. To be anxious or to worry or to fret or have anxiety is a form of fear. Any anxiety, any dread, any mild feeling of uh, anxiousness or all the way to flat out panic, it's all fear. It's all various forms of fear, various degrees, just a nagging feeling that something's going to go wrong is fear. Panic, running around, you know, people running out of a building with their, eye, with their hands in the, waving in the air and screaming. That's, that's fear. It's fear in the extreme. It's, it's completely giving over to fear. But it's all forms of fear. But Jesus... Although I should say the Bible, we'll read some, some places where Jesus specifically spoke. But, but God says not to fear. Isaiah 41.10, let's read that. We can, uh, let's just look at it. You go ahead and turn to that one. Isaiah 41.10, I love this scripture. So we know we're not supposed to fear. 
We know, okay, God, doesn't, God says not to. Over and over in the Bible it says, fear not. Many places. It says, fear not, fear not, fear not. So I think all of us know that's something we're not supposed to do. Isaiah 41.10. Again, it says, fear not. But why does he say, fear not? The next part says, for I am with you. He said, it says, be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So it says fear not, but it's not just a command. Fear not, oh, because I'm not supposed to. All right. It says fear not because of something, because he is with you. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my, right, my righteous right hand. These are awesome statements. This applies to us as being in the family of God. This was spoken to the nation of Israel. But through Christ, we are all sons and daughters of Abraham spiritual. And so when the Bible is saying here, fear not for I'm with you, it's giving us the reason, the why to fear not. It's not something because you know as well as I do, if, 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 if you're just told, don't fear. Well, that doesn't help. If something is pressing on you, pushing you to fear just to say, well, don't do it. Okay. That doesn't give me any help. That doesn't give me any ability. Just to say not to do something is not enough. This says, God is saying, fear not, but he says, because I'm with you. That's the part that's important. Now let's look at, um, let's look at a, a, an account that we looked at last week and pick up in that same account. Let's look at Mark 4.35. Mark 4.35 Mark 4.35, it says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, so this is Jesus, and he's with his disciples. It says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. So is Jesus concerned? No, he's asleep. I wonder what kind of pillow he had. You know, what, what it was obviously had to be wet by this time, but you know, it probably wasn't the most comfortable pillow. It was, you know, whatever kind of pillow they had there. But somehow in the middle of a storm with a probably not great pillow, he's able to sleep. So he is not concerned. He was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, 
and there was a great calm, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? So his first question was, why are you so fearful? They're afraid. He's not afraid, but they're afraid. He said, how is it you have no faith? You're so fearful. He said, why are you so fearful? And why, how is it that you have no faith? Now let's put up, you don't have to turn there, but let's put up Luke 8, 24. This is another account of the same happening. It says, And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And then he arose and rebuked the wind and raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? So he, this is another account of the same thing. He's not upset. They came to him, woke him up, because he's asleep, and say, We're perishing. So he rebuked the wind, calmed everything down. There was, it says, and they ceased and there was a calm, but he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water and they obey him. So they didn't know who they were with. They were afraid. They should have known more because Jesus is not unjust. So they had been with Jesus and he's expecting them not to be as fearful as they were. He's saying, where is your faith here? In the other place, he said, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? But then in this part here, they said, it says, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water and they obey him. Can you go back to the previous slide? It says, they, they are tell, asking each other, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. So they are upset. They're fearful. Jesus is not. He's asleep. They're afraid. He says, why are you afraid? Well, we can see one reason they're afraid is because then they go and look at each other and go, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the waters, and they obey him. Well, he had already done certain things, but obviously they don't have a full revelation, and they wouldn't have a complete revelation of who he is, but they don't understand who is in the boat with them, because if they did, they would not be fearful. The fear is there because they don't understand their circumstance. Their fear is there because they don't understand who Jesus is. They're not recognizing who he is and that he has the ability because he is walking. He is walking as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. If they only knew it, they could take authority because they're with him. And they probably could have done something about the storm. But they have him with them them. And they are not, they're not grasping that. If they did, they wouldn't be afraid. I mean, if they are seeing all the waves and they fully grasp that all he's got to do is get up and say, peace be still, and that's it. So no biggie. Hey, Jesus, I don't want to interrupt your nap, but could you just get up and take care of this thing real quick so we can, you know, have a smooth ride? If they knew that, if they understood that, they would not be afraid. Clearly, they are not looking at that fact. 
That's why they're afraid. We need to know, see, we're not, we're not back there in this situation. And we can look at them and say, well, you should have done better. But the fact is, now we have the word in front of us, and we can look and know who God is, that he is with us, what he is to us, and understand then that we don't have to fear certain things if we'll focus on who he is, who we have with us. Just like we read in Isaiah, God said, fear not, for I'm with you. That will do something about the fear. We need to know who we have with us. He's the great one, the almighty, the king of the universe is with us. Now, you know, when I was little, uh, in one house we lived in, uh, you know, there was a period of time where, you know, it was a ba- there, we had a basement, so we lived in a ranch, and then we had a basement, and the basement wasn't finished, you know, we had a ping pong table down there, and we, we actually made a, cut out some of the drywall and had like a, a, you know, play area in one part of it under the steps, and we had a lot of storage down there, and we had, you know, different things we'd go down there and play with, you know, they don't do this now so much. Well, I guess they do. They have Nerf guns. But we would have these little discs, these guns that we would shoot at each other and, you know, do all kinds of stuff down there. But, you know, we'd go down there and uh, the different places you had to pull the, turn on the lights. But if it was dark and there was nobody down there, I didn't like going down there. Now, I'm not saying it was rational. I'm not saying I shouldn't have, should have felt like that. But, you know, if I had to go down there and get something, and you know, I had to go by myself, I didn't like it. I mean, and we don't have to feel that way. We shouldn't train our kids to feel that way. I'm just being honest with you. I didn't want to go down there. And so if I did, sometimes I would go down there really fast, go get whatever I was, and then run up the, st- the stairs. Because, you know, I didn't, like, I didn't like it down there. But, you know, if I had somebody go with me, you know, if I got one of my brothers, or my sister, anybody. It's like that all of a sudden, no big deal. You know, you're walking around because whatever I was thinking was going to happen, that's not going to happen when I have a sibling with me. I don't know. Not rational, and I, not like I was deathly afraid, but, you know, it's not, it just wasn't the most comfortable thing. But my point is, if I had somebody with me, I wasn't afraid. Well, We need to understand that we have somebody with us. We need to understand that God is with us now in whatever, in life. You know, that may be, we may think, well, that that is irrational. Well, fear is irrational. You know, and especially the light's on, so then what? You're not afraid. But it's the same room, you know, as it was before you turned on the lights. You guys, I'm, I'm not the only one that's probably ever experienced this. You know, you turn the light on, and well, it's the same room as it was before you turned the light on, but for some reason and we don't like dark, and uh, is it irrational, but fear is irrational. And if we understand, I mean, it is totally irrational to know that, the, that, that the, the God who created the universe is with us and still be afraid. I mean, when you look at the disciples, if, you know, you can look at it and say, well, you had Jesus with you, why are you afraid? Well, they're not looking at Jesus. They don't probably comprehend who Jesus is, although they could have understood more, but they don't, They're not looking at him. They're looking at the waves, and they could think, well, maybe he did other stuff, but I don't know if he can handle this. Now, that's irrational. If you know who we're talking about, it's irrational, but fear is irrational. 
We don't, to, to deal with the anxiety, and like we said, any degree of anxiety or uh, uh, dread or panic, it's all fear. To deal with the fear, you don't try to stop doing it. You don't try to, well, I'm not going to fear. That's not going to work. We need to not focus, we, instead of trying to focus on, I'm not going to do it, we need to focus on who's with us. We need to focus on the reality of the situation. 1 John 4.18, let's just put this up on the screen. 1 John 4.18, it says, There is no fear in love. Well, God is love. It says in our place in, in 1 John, There is no fear in love, but perfect or mature love or fully developed love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows that fear is tormenting. Fear will keep you up at night. Fear will gnaw at you all day. You can be working at your desk and, you know, getting a measure of work done, but there is something in your mind that's gnawing at you. That, that's what fear will do. It is tormenting. It says, but he who fears has not been made perfect or mature, fully developed in love. There is no fear, let's go back to the beginning of the verse, there is no fear in love. There's none. See, there's no fear in God. There's no fear in the love of God, which is actually in us. But perfect love, when we understand the love God has for us, that He's with us, what He did on the cross through Jesus, what He did in the atonement, who He is to us, when we understand that, and how much He loves us, how much He cares for us, how much He wants us to do well, that will displace fear. That, that will push it out. It casts out fear. It's not trying not to fear. It's that the love and the knowing who God is just displaces it, pushes it out. It can't have any place. Because the, 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 the knowing of who God is, who He is to us, that He's with us, calms us. It's not trying to push the fear down. It's focusing on who He is and saying, He is with me. He is for me. He loves me. And if it's, it's something that we have to renew our mind with because we, again, fear is not rational. We could think, oh God, you know, uh, we worship Him. He's so big. But what about this deal in front of me and still be tempted to be afraid? Well, we're not, we're not connecting the two, really. We're, we're only kind of giving a mental assent to who He is. And we could say, oh, but He really loves me. He, he, he's, he's got my back. But if there's anxiety, if there's dread, then we're just assenting to the fact that He is the Almighty and that He likes me or loves me and that He's with me. Because if there's any dread, then those things aren't really real to us. Because if we really get our heart wrapped around and our mind renewed, the fact that the almighty king of the universe, he has all power, he's proven his love through what he did for, through Jesus, that he is sacrificed for us, and that through what Jesus did, he can be in us, then there is no cause for fear. That knowledge, the more that is there, it will displace the fear. 
It will displace it. You know, you've probably done this before. Uh, you know, if you're, you have some, like we, we have smoothies, like almost every day. We'll make a smoothie, um, have a smoothie at home. And um, if you get the smoothie, if you go get done, and then you go to the, the faucet soon enough after you get done with the smoothie. If you wait, it gets hard on the, uh, you know, it gets hard on the dish, on the, the cup or the, the glass, and it won't work this way. But let's say you just got done with the smoothie, and that's a thing. You know, we always tell everybody, would you go wipe, get your glass cleaned out. Don't let it sit there because then you got to do more work to get all that stuff off. But if you get done with your smoothie and you go right over to the, the faucet, if you put that under the faucet, and especially if it's warm water, and just let it run, at the beginning there is watered-down smoothie. And if you keep letting it run, there's more watered-down smoothie. But if you keep letting that run, pretty soon there's less and less smoothie, and pretty soon there's just water. Why is that? Because the water displaced all the smoothie. It's gone. You didn't try to just get rid of the smoothie just by get out. You put something else in it, and it pushed out all of the remnants of what was in there before. That's the same way with God and who he is and his presence. If there's fear there, you don't just, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. If you try to do that, some, one of my instructors said it like this. If you try to deal with spiritual things, with your flesh, this is what's going to happen. It's like you got a bump pop up on your flesh and you try to smash it out like that. You pump, you, 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 you push it down. And then another, if you try to do that, fight the flesh with your flesh, with your natural, it's going to pop up somewhere else in your flesh. So you're going to try to slap that down with your flesh, but then it's going to pop up somewhere else. So if it pops up down here, you're going to try to knock it down like that. But now if it pops up again, I have a problem. And this is what people do. I can't fear. I'm not supposed to fear. So habits pop up. I, I, you know, I'll deal with it this way. I'll go to this other thing and I'll try to, it, it makes me feel calm, whatever it is. So I'll deal with it that way. But then there's another problem that pops up. So then, well, I'll counteract that with this other thing. And pretty soon we're in a web. We are in a place where we can't deal with the different problems anymore. We've tried and it's too much for us. That you cannot fight the flesh in, in things that require a spiritual solution with the flesh. If we're afraid, there are, people will take pills, they'll, they'll look to drugs, to alcohol, to any number of things we can mention. It will only temporarily cause a relief, but then there will be side effects. And then we're dealing with it worse in a different way but if we are feeling afraid if we'll look to god and say lord this is pushing on me but if we get the revelation that he's with me and focus on that instead of trying not to fear start focusing on how big he is magnify him focus on how big he is and that he's present to help me that will displace that fear push it out to where what is there to fear? That will become our attitude because what we were afraid of, we realize we have more than a match for it. 
and it stamps out. It's not that we're trying to get rid of the fear in itself. We're just looking at God and it will just naturally get rid of the fear. Psalm 27, 1. We're going to look at a few verses that are along this line. Psalm 27, 1. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? See where the emphasis is. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So then the question is, who who shall I fear? Or you can say, what shall I fear? Because if he is with me, if he's my salvation, my light, there's nothing. The answer is, there's nobody. There's nothing that I, I should fear. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You could say, of what should I, I, I be afraid? What shall I be afraid? If the Lord's the strength of my life, if he's my strength, if he is my strength, and we know who he is, and I magnify who he is, what's there to be scared of? See, it displaces it. I don't have to think. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it just doesn't matter. Who can stand before the Lord? What, what economic challenge can stand before our God? He creates planets. He created the whole universe. Every element that we consider precious in the, the whole universe, he created. He doesn't have a problem getting money to us. What we focus on, our emotions are going to follow. If we're focusing on the problem, fear is going to be the result. But if we focus on God, that fear is going to go away and the emotions will follow. If we're waiting for our emotion to change, then we're doing it wrong. We can't say, well, I'm waiting till I feel better. Just make it stop. Make me feel better. See, that's how people rely on other things. They start taking something because it makes them feel better. But that's, the, that's doing it inverse. It's doing it backwards. If we will look at God... And what he is to us, our emotions will follow. You can't help but be calm when we focus on who the Lord is to us. Because he's so big. He's so vast. He is so able. Psalm 91, verse 14. Psalm 91 is a great psalm, and I encourage you. It's a great psalm to, to go over daily during this time. But I want to focus on verse 14. Psalm 91, verse 14, says, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. This is the Lord now talking about the person that is looking to him for help. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him and show him my salvation. See, God is saying here, I will be with him in trouble. So in the midst of the trouble, he's with us. In the midst of the situation, we could look at the situation and say, oh my goodness, but it's not that, it's that he is there with us. Well, that changes everything. 
And he said, I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Look at Psalm 46, verse 1. Another place that says this very strongly. Psalm 46, verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be removed, even though the mountains be carried into the midst of, our, of the sea. Verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble or in, in trouble. The footnote in the New King James Version says he's an abundantly available help. He's an abundantly available help. In the CEV, it says God is our mighty fortress, always ready to help in times of trouble. He's always ready to help. In the Young's Literal Translation, you know, the Young's Literal Translation is really clunky to read. It's very literal, but it gets the point across sometimes just, you know, black and white. It says, God is to us a refuge and strength, a help in adversities found most surely. A help in adversities found most surely. He is readily available. He is not off in the distance somewhere. He is here ready to help in the midst of adversity. Thank God he is always there, but we need to understand he's there in the middle of trouble. So there might be trouble, but he's there. And if we look back then in, um, in the New King James Version, in verse 1 it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We read an abundantly available help. He's always ready to help in times of trouble. He's a, a help in adversities found most surely. So now look at the next verse. Therefore, we will not fear. Why? Because he's an abundant help. Because he's ready to help. Because he is most assuredly there to help us. So we're not going to fear. In times of trouble, we will not fear. Not just because we're not supposed to fear, because it's the Christian thing not to do, not, not to fear. No, because God is there to help. He is there, ready to help us. We don't ignore the problem. We focus on the fact that in the midst of the problem, God is with us. The Bible doesn't tell us, ignore your problems. Faith doesn't tell us, ignore the problem. Pretend it's not there. And it'll just go away. No, that's not what the Bible said. It said the problem's there. We can look it squarely in the eye, but we can say somebody else is here too. His name is the Lord. Jesus died for me, and he has given me access to the Father, and he's with me, and he's readily available. He's abundantly available. He's right here. He is right there for me to call on. So I'm not going to fear. That displaces fear. Because if it was just you, that would be one thing. If it was just me, it would be one thing. But it's not just us in our situation. God is with us in the midst of trouble. 
you know, like this, the disciples, if they real, only realized that Jesus was there and that if he goes down, they're going down. If they realized for them to go down, he would have to go down. Then he's not going down, so you're not going down. God is not going down. God is not without an answer. God knows precisely what we need to do for every step that's out in front of us. We may not see clearly. We may not know yet. God, we can go to Him, we can ask Him, and we can become enlightened, but we may not know right now every step we need to take, but God already does. It's not a mystery to Him. He knows exactly what peace needs to happen next, and if we know we're with Him, and He has the answer, and He has the power, then all we need to do is step one step at a time and walk with Him, and we know it's going to be fine. That will displace fear. If you look at a problem, if we look at the circumstance, but we say, well, he'll, he'll figure it out. He knows. He'll tell me. Well, what about this? Well, God will show me. Well, gosh, this just changing. Things are changing daily right now. I mean, every day the situation, the, the landscape changes. Well, if we're just looking at the natural, that can be pressure. That can cause fear. It's like, I just thought I got this ironed out. Now this changed. Now this got extended. Now this is a different, you know, ordinance to have to deal with or, or whatever. There's people being challenged with this. We all are. But if we know, wait, well, God, this didn't take God by surprise. He knows, and he'll show me, oh, well, that popped up too. Well, I guess he knew that. And you realize a year ago, he knew all this was going to happen. Not any problem. It's not a surprise to him. We're, we're, we're walking through day by day, but it's not a surprise. He knows, and he knows what's going to happen next. He knows what's gonna, where we're going to be next week, and he already, if we'll just follow him, he's got it. So we can say, no, nope, no reason to fear. God's with me. Oh, well, something changed again. Well, what do we do about it? Oh, wow, change. I was going to you know, act on that, but now this change. What am I going to do? Well, I'll just walk with you, Lord. You know what to do. You got this. I'm with you. You're not going down, so I'm not going down. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is faithful. He is good. He is with us. He is for us. He is in us. He is our very own Father. And so we can look to Him. In the midst of trouble, we can look to Him. We don't have to fear. We don't have to get uh, uptight. We don't have to get even mildly upset. We can just say, Lord, you'll show me. Lord, you're with me. Lord, you are the God that made the heavens and the earth, and I'm going to choose to magnify you. I'm going to choose to look to you. I'm going to choose to magnify who you are and look at your greatness and look at the fact that you're with me. So that makes all these circumstances look differently. And fear, before you know it, you look over your shoulder, fear's gone. You don't even have to make it go. You don't, I mean, you want to resist fear, but one of the ways you resist fear is just magnify Him. Get your eyes on how big He is, and the fear leaves. You look over your shoulder, it's gone. Because He's so big. And He's so awesome. Hallelujah. Praise God.